two yards should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Yo, yo, what up, friends? Um, this is the Preferred Lines Podcast. Welcome in, you bunch of golf degenerates. My name is Joe Idoni. Welcome to the show. I hope you like the little new intro there. Uh, I threw that together this week. I was pretty pumped about that. Um, don't hate. This is a golf gaming podcast streaming live right now on YouTube and Twitter. Uh, you can download this for audio purposes on iTunes and Spotify shortly after the show uh, goes live here. Listen, uh, you could like, you could subscribe. I appreciate all those things, but I've like, I don't know what that's really doing for me, to be honest with you. Tell somebody who's into golf, like tell a friend I've learned through doing this, that the biggest advocates are word of mouth and friends who speak highly of you on Twitter. Um, so that kind of stuff I appreciate just like my buddy Scott here, two absolute legends, people like that. Good people like Scott spreading the word. That's what we're here for. Here's what we got on tap for happy hour. Grab yourself a drink, buckle in. I got an exciting guest. I'm here to talk Wyndham Championship with in just a few minutes. Quick course preview. I'll kick it with that. I'll rip off some key stats, stuff that uh, has helped me have a little bit of success at this tournament in the past. Uh, we're going to go through our best bets. I will bring on my special guest, Byron, to talk me through and help me navigate a betting card this week. If you have any questions, please drop them in the chat. Would love to answer it answer them for you um patrick said the intro is fire dude you're the man i know that you've been a long supporter i appreciate you thank you for that i'll share some final thoughts at the end uh this segment to start off the course preview brought to you by fantasy points you see it right up there in that corner lines 22 will get you a 10 percent off subscription there i had dom on the show last week he's one of their lead content creators he was incredible. He dished out a Hendrick Stenson 80 to 1 uh bet and tip on for the for Live Bedminster. So uh great to see Dom have a solid crew over there between Matt and Chris Murphy and Dom and and Huntman. And I know I'm forgetting some other people, but they do awesome stuff. Proud that they could be a sponsor of the show. Thank you, fantasy points. Okay, here's what we got, friends. Sedgefield Country Club. You know that I love this place. It's a Donald Ross design, par 70, 7,131 yards. That's how we're going to wrap up the PGA Tour regular season. Only two par fives here, both gettable, one per side. Bermuda grass throughout. Uh, basically, tee to green, fairways, rough, greens. Um, fairway averages 29 yards wide. That is well below the tour average. There's not many that are under that 30 yard mark on the PGA tour. This is one of them. Water comes into play on six separate hole locations. Uh, the cut line, my guess is like minus two recent history, 2021. Yes. We hit Kevin Kisner in that six way playoff when our boy Henley turned it. Um, Jim Herman, 2021. How could I forget Jim Herman making that epic Sunday 61 to vault me up the DraftKings board to take everyone who had Billy Horschel out of the first place points? Love you, Hermie. 2019, JT Poston. 2018, Brant Snedeker. Here's some of my notes. I try to keep these from, from year to year. Typical, short, positional, plotting type golf course. Uh, driving accuracy, very important here, I wrote. Um, typically, generally very soft on both the fairways and the greens in terms of acceptance. Now, 
in in Donald Ross fashion with any of his golf courses, you have the dramatic runoffs that come off the green. Um, you have the quadrants. You have the levels. All of those things need, may you need to be very exact with those approach shots. Familiarity with Bermuda grass, familiarity with North Carolina, like southeastern Bermuda golf, always a plus. Course history, a big plus here. Um, this is a spot where your guys who don't absolutely crush it off the tee can win. Unlike the Rocket Mortgage, which I was critical of last week, you will see bogeys here. Actually, there's a lot of them. There's double bogeys in play. There is trouble lurking. Uh, there's plenty of opportunities to make birdies and shoot a really low round. But bogey is not out of the question on nearly any hole. Um, key stats this week. Strokes gain approach. Exacting iron plays the key, like I mentioned, to give yourself the proper putt and look. Opportunities gain fairways. Really important this week. I weight fairways at Sedgefield more than just about uh, anywhere on tour. Kisner was, is obviously hits a ton of fairways. Jim Herman, when he won, was second in fairways gain. JT Poston was fourth. Um, these guys pound the fairways. It gives you a, a chance to make approach and make numbers. Wedge play, incoming form in, in other birdie fest type events. Look at the 3M. Look at the John Deere. Look at what we saw last week at the Rocket. A little bit of course history. A little bit of putting. I don't want to waste any more time. I'm pumped to bring on our guests to talk the odds board. Welcome to Preferred Lines, Byron Lindicue. What's up, dude? Mr. Joe Idoni, thank you for having me, sir. I figured that was a fun five minutes in the backstage there. It's the longest anyone's kept me in the in the wings. So happy, almost ran out of a beer yet. So cheers to you, um, to all the good stuff you're doing here on Preferred Lines. I really enjoy the stuff you get up to. Um, fantastic intro. I love the... The shirt designs you guys got going on there. And it's just, I'm just here to support you today and just really, you know, really pump up preferred lines because it's a it's a fantastic product. And if you're not watching it, I'm not sure what you're doing with your life. So I'm doing Thank good. You. I appreciate you. I appreciate all those kind words. Um, you have been on sort of a meteoric rise yourself. Uh, your show back nine bets gets a ton of love. Uh, the models, like I, what I love, and I always try to retweet it when I see it. Um, is how you sort of break down in spreadsheet form the the form of players, and you're very good at isolating um, guys not only for DraftKings but for betting purposes. How long have you like? When was it the point where you were like, I'm pretty good at this. Let me start to put some content out there and see where it goes. Yeah, I started doing betting with the model last year, 2021. So I've done it for about a year and a half now, and just kind of messed around with the spreadsheet thing, and it was just a glorious fumble of luck that I found working for me, which is awesome. And it's been a, a great success off the very get go. And I'm a big nerdy stats guy, you know, I'm in accounting in, in my day to day job. And but I'm also very scatterbrained and I'm very, you know, maniacic. So mani <laughs> maniacal, whatever the word is. And it's, it's just fun to blend the two into the different, you know, the DFS side of things and the betting. And it's just, it's fun to have seen that grow. And, um, you know, I've, I've got some good role models to follow through, you know, I think Spencer Aguilar has been a great guy to kind of help me, uh, develop my model too, because he's a big, big model guy too. And, you know, it's been a fun time learning how to navigate sticking straight to the model and kind of just going with a bit of a gut feel at the same time. So it's been a fun, fun ride. 
I love it, man. Our boy Scott says um, you're coming in with the absolute elite drip. Look, I try to do a merch drop today, and you just come on my own show and outstage me with that elite shirt. You've got sunglasses on inside. You've got a bucket hat on. How am I supposed to compete with this, dude? I'm trying to sell some T-shirts here. No, this is all part of the promotion. I'm waiting on my my upgrades. So I'll be I'll be purchasing a shirt from you, the one with the microphone for sure. And I really look forward to getting that in the mail. So. Looking very cool hey before we get started on the odds boards you just rode like 400 miles on a bike across iowa um why <laughs> that's a good question i haven't actually thought about the why uh i bought a bicycle in the pandemic and then started doing that and it's just this really rejuvenating kind of you get out of your own mind i was just biking through the wilderness of iowa which is very scenic and also land if you're not a big fan of corn or bean fields but it was it's a good way to also kind of stay in shape for the most part because sometimes you know when you when you're grinding away at both ends of the candle you can sit behind the computer a little too long and just kind of give me a reason to get out there and enjoy enjoy the sunlight so 430 miles the cheeks are actually doing okay i've got an extra few pillows and, and blankets underneath me as we speak so there's there's some precautions i've taken but we're all all in all we're doing good and not too sore. I'm not sure I could be able to get up after I do something like that. But uh, very commendable. Any any type of athletic achievement to that degree, um, I can really appreciate. Speaking of athletic achievements, let's shift our focus to the Wyndham Championship, the final event of the PGA Tour regular season. If you need another beer at any time, Byron, you get up and grab yourself a beer. Um, I brought two. You know, we understand here. Everyone's here to hang out for a little happy hour. Here's what the top of the odds board looks like this week, friends. Shane Lowry, uh, 12 to 1 at DraftKings. Don't take that. There's an 18 to 1 at Bet365. Sung JM is the same number. Will Zalatoris is the same number, all at 18 to 1. Billy Ho, who I mentioned, blew this thing when Hermie hawked him down in 2021. Billy's 22. Uh, Webb Simpson, Mr. Sedgefield is 22 to 1. Russell Henley, 25. I'm going to shut it down right there for right now, Byron. Anything? Um, what do you like there? Have you bet anyone? Is there anything, any direction that you're leaning here on a Monday night? I personally will be skipping the majority of this screen right here. I have my card lined up and I know I'm hoping it's going to do well for me this week. If I were to pick a guy and I definitely had my eye on Russell Henley this morning, I really like that number, but you know, the Russell Henley saga continues, you know, when is the, when is the day going to come where we all rejoice when he actually clinches something? and actually seals the deal is it going to happen is it there's the whole weight of twitter whenever you put out a russell henley outright out there that it's just everyone's judging you know and <laughs> it really weighs on me and it's i'm a big fan he's second in my model obviously he's a fantastic ball striker he's got some good course history here and just when he's firing he's firing but man it's it's tough to kind of get him over the mark there so i'm kind of eyeing him out in the in the top 20 market a little bit but then Willie Z as well is a guy that's, you know, one of the one of the elite ball strikers in this field as well, who I think is also going to be interesting to see how he gets along around this venue where it's a bit more precision versus, you know, dynamite power that he he likes to explode on. And um, those are the two guys I'm kind of eyeing out at the top if I were to go there, but I kind of left them all alone because I've got some dogs that are down at the bottom of the board that hopefully can get a little hungry this week. I'm with you. I haven't done anything inside of 25 to one yet. Um, 
I thought about Henley. He rated out very well. It was nice to see him have a good putting performances because I feel like a lot of, of what comes and goes with Henley um, is that putter. He is such a solid wedge player. Um, was great early in the year, a little bit of a fall off. So it was nice to see him sort of have that resurgence last week. Um, the top two guys in terms of uh, like Zalator's M, for some reason aren't rating out particularly well for me. M, I worry, is he going to be able to make uh, 20 under par Zalatoris. I have many of the same concerns. Shane Lowry was same actually thing. the top guy in this range in terms of, of ratings for me. Um, very solid all the way around. The only area I would say maybe he's a little bit lacking is he doesn't, he's not extremely accurate off the tee. He's in the top 50% of the field, but I have him 52nd in terms of fairways gained. Um, for me though, I'm kind of with you and I'm going to pass on this range just because I do have some interest in this next crew right underneath here. So I'm going to kind of kick it to them now. Corey Connors, 28 to 1. C. Woo Kim is 28 to 1. Adam Scott, 35 to 1. Um, Ju Young Kim is 35 to 1. Aaron Wise, 40. Brian Harmon, 40. Denny McCarthy, 40. Harold Varner, 40. What do you got in there, man? You on Denny? I am not. You know this, and I know you asked me. <clears throat> it's a guy I, he was on the edge of my card, man. And I'm, I'm kind of getting antsy, getting a little bit of FOMO about it, but I have faith in my other guys. I think they're going to come through for me. Hopefully we get one or two the same and then it's, then we both win. So, um, Denny's, I don't know. He just lost. I don't know what there was about Denny that I wasn't really insanely in love with this week, because I think he, he kind of wrote a bit of a hot approach game for a while. And I think that's, left him a bit or if that's if i'm getting confused with davis riley i think they both in the exact same boat right now and you know i went with another guy that's a really good putter that i couldn't that i can see that's been spiking with the approach player as well so we'll see if that pays off as a as a pivot from denny but um i do have tom tank thomas the tank engine juhan kim Mm -hmm. i got him at i think 40 and he He's got the model, doesn't miss. He's like 154th in the model out of 155 because there's like zero stats available for him. <laughs> but, you know, long-term wise in the PGA website. But, I mean, he's just displayed so much stuff that you can ask for from a guy. You know, I think the, the Genesis Scottish Open was a fantastic coming coming to town party for him. And he he shows he's got it. You know, he can he can get in the hunt and the ball striking is always going to seemingly be there if he can, if he can get the putter together on a on a week, I think he's he's a little Korean sensation. You know, we haven't seen too many of the Siwoos and Sungjae's rattle off a lot of wins. He seems like he's got that explosiveness that the two of them are lacking. So looking forward to watching him blossom this year for sure. Looking forward to him as well. And there's a very real scenario where I believe he makes the FedEx Cup, uh, FedEx Cup playoffs off of only a couple of starts just because of how prolific he's been in those for me. All right, so I'm, I haven't gone anywhere yet but i'm going to go somewhere between kim and connor's and i've gone back and forth all day see Wu was the first guy that jumped out i really wanted like was hoping for like 35 to 1 this morning that was never probably going to happen um but him just coming off the open coming off last week where the iron play as well um i know that also that year that horschel was in there uh see Wu, i believe was the leader after saturday and was playing fantastic this is one of his favorite stops Adam Scott showed signs last week if it weren't for a singular uh, dead day. You know what I mean? So for me, though, like it's no surprise. I've been talking about it all week. My boy, PGA Tout, if you're in here, uh, I'm like 
fully honored to sort of share this win that we're going to get with you this week. Uh, best bet of the week, it's Denny McCarthy. Um, I've been looking forward to this week for Denny for about six months. I was so happy Byron last week when he played like crap and missed the cut. I was like excited and giddy. I was texting my friends. Um, you're right though. The approach numbers going back to the travelers have been not nearly as, as good. He's got two missed cuts in the last three that said, he's got a sixth at the John Deere. He's got a seventh at the U S open a fifth at the Memorial all within his last five starts best putter in the field. We know that he's been the best putter for a long time. Strokes gain total. The last 36 has been pretty solid. Seventh there scrambling gained, which I think a lot of this leans on that putter, Byron, you tell me if you disagree, yeah. but when he's able to get up and down from a hundred yards, just because he sinks a 15 foot putt, he's going to gain a lot of scrambling. What I was really surprised at was the par four scoring numbers. And we get a lot of them these week, more than normal with only two par fives. And the majority of them are this shorter variety where you get a lot of wedges. He's pretty accurate off the tee. Great course history is here. 15th, ninth. So when I hit big in DraftKings, he was like the hero of of my team, dude, because he had this Sunday 63 where I believe it was the second lowest round of the day and made a couple of late birdies to really push me over the top. Um, love Denny. Have always been team Denny. I feel like this is his week. This has been his year. Now it's time to win. Did I make a decent case for our boy there? Absolutely, dude. And, you know, he's one of those guys where – you're going to have a reliable putter all the time for the most part. And then as we look for like from ball strikers where you want the putting to spike, Denny's almost the opposite direction. If you get a spike <laughs> approach week from Denny, you're, you're looking sexy, right? Big Dan out there digging. You got you to gotta love that from Denny if, if that happens. And he's shown that he's capable of that. So if you believe that he can have a bounce back week at a course that you can, you know, really vibe. I've looked at multiple guys this week and you can see they're, you know, they're not typically good approach players, but when you go and look at the Wyndham, there's just green all the way down the ball striking columns. And it's just a, a bizarre thing in golf that I still haven't wrapped my head around is how someone can just go play a completely different brand of golf at a different golf course. So, you know, um, hopefully I can make a better case for the few guys that I did take over Denny, but I've got, like I said to you in the in the in the lobby, I've got some Danny FOMO for sure. Let's talk about some of those other guys. Keep moving down. Harold Varner is there. I know is popular. Taylor Pendrith and Kevin Kisner are both forty to one. Both uh, Varner popular for obvious reasons with his ties to the the local narrative, and then Kisner with the win last year. Um, Pendrith, of course, phenomenal last week. Love TP. Um, he, I don't know about him backing it up here. Terrell Hatton, like. This is a freaking intriguing number to me. 40 to 1 on Terrell Hatton. Um, he, I don't know. I don't have any reason necessarily to believe he's going to play well, but he just jumps off the page as um, a type of guy that could just come out here and, and storm it the way he did like Palmetto, the way he did um, like the Heritage when he T2 there. Like these aren't overly long golf courses that he's had some success on. I know he was better over in Europe. Um, maybe he can bring a little bit of that form over here. JT Poston, 45. Bez, there's a 50 on. Riley, there's a 50 on. Rose, there's a 50 on. Those are all your guys in the field, 50 to 1 and under. Who do you like, my man, in this range? I, I love a few of these guys on this page, and it's not going to be Terrell. I just think Terrell, I, him and Harold Vaughn are the two guys that on back nine bets are blacklisted. I don't blacklist too many people, and it requires... <laughs> 
It requires me betting them to go into negative 10 units on their profile to blacklist them. And they both oh, lost wow. me so together 20 units blacklist. last year. Yeah, the blacklist is a methodical strategic move. It's not a impulse decision. <laughs> it happens over time. So they both deserving. Kevin Kisner is another guy that is a massive course history individual. Yeah, obviously he won it last year. Very good results here. Generally, very good putting on Bermuda grass. I think that's why he succeeds at venues like this. He's also been striking the ball better. He's not the best ball striker in the world, but I do like to bet on a guy that's a course, a horse for course, but also trending slightly in the right direction when it comes to the ball striking front. We know he's going to be kind of like Danny, where he's just leaning on the putter to do all his damage. Got him at 40. He won here last year. So the guy's obviously got it going, and he's had a few good finishes too. I think he finished T6 recently and another top 20 or something. So he's he's got some vibes going, and you know I'm not a big Kiz fan. I don't, don't necessarily like his demeanor and all that jazz, but I'm going to make money off him. We're going to make money off him. You know, It doesn't really matter who he is. And then Christian Bezaidnot managed to snag him at 55 on FanDuel this morning. He's the same kind of profile as Danny and Kiz where the ball striking is not necessarily there all that much, but he has shown that when he pops with the irons, it pops. He either loses or he gains. So it's it's a nice profile to have going into this venue where he's a pretty accurate and shorter hitter off the, off the tee, and he can putt lights out. On Bermuda, on all the surfaces, anything you want, Desi's out there, and he he showed at the John Deere, and he showed at at the AT and T Byron Nelson. Guy can go. He's starting to go lower and lower. You know, he typically used to be one of those major, tough venue guys. He's been firing lately. So, I played golf with him growing up. So hopefully we can keep that in the in the mix, and um, he that. can he can let one go for the the South Africans there for sure. I love that. I love a little personal anecdote. Really brings yes. it home. Um, so I appreciate that on Christian. I don't mind Kisner. I went with JT Poston. Um, we just, like you mentioned, Kis. this is a sticky course history spot, right? So you mentioned it with Kisner. Uh, we mentioned it with Webb previously in the past, always seeming to come back here and play well. Um, JT Poston, winner here three years ago, also a recent winner at the John Deere. So the incoming form is, is very solid for him. Par fours, 400 to 450 yards. I mentioned make up the predominant. Uh, amount of the par fours this week, which is on the shorter side. He ranks first in the field over the last 36 rounds in that type of range. Um, top five putter in the field in terms of strokes gain putting birdie or better gain. He's top five um, strokes gain total on Donald Ross courses. Actually, I looked at as well, and he is second. I think a lot of that is we don't see a ton of Ross anymore. It's basically here and the rocket mortgage in East Lake. Um, for the most part, but yeah, so he's, he's obviously played well at a couple different spots along those lines, uh, 45 to one on post. And that was my second bet on the board that I have in, uh, thus far. Yeah. I mean, there's, and that's the fun thing about how we go about discussing this kind of stuff, because what I'm, instead of using par four scoring, I've just kind of bucketed as my key statistic for proximity numbers from 125 to 200, hmm. which basically kind of you know, puts puts the par four scoring into that bucket anyway. And he's not necessarily the very best from that distance, but we've noticed, you know, like there's there's many ways to skin a cat. So if he's going to go and do it, he can often just go to this venue again and just strike it away. So he's a really good putter. I love the short game from him. And then, like you said, he's won yet before. So got to love that from the guy. 
Well, let me ask you a question. So as as a guy who who is really close to the realm of like PGA Tour stats and trying to figure out models and use them as as to be as predictive as possible, what stat do you find is is the most real and useful in terms of predictive nature? And what stat do you find is maybe like the most most flawed and can really potentially lead you in the wrong direction? Yeah, I typically never go much less than 35% weighting for approach. So whatever proportion of approach, heavy, on approach. heavy, heavy on approach all the time. Sometimes I'll even go into the 40s if it's a kind of a course that requires that. Um, and then around the green, I think is probably one of the most misleading stats because mm. if you're a good approach player, you only have a limited amount of opportunities to add to your around the green statistics because it's a cumulative thing. Whereas everyone's hitting an approach, you can you, you can really, you know, rack up strokes gained there. But when you miss when you're hitting a lot of greens, you don't get that opportunity to to add to your to around the green stats, and that can often be a little bit misleading because. You know, guys can miss it in the right place all the time. You can be a very protective approach player. You can, some guys can be very aggressive and their approach around the green stuff isn't going to be as reliable because they're short-sighting themselves a lot. So it's, it's an interesting dynamic there. And I, I probably think that's one of the more volatile ones for sure. It is. I always like to ask people smarter than me like that type of question, because sometimes I will um, overrate things too much. And sometimes I get on a narrative that maybe doesn't totally ring true. Uh, moving on to kind of this like 50 to 1 plus range. Stallings, Munoz, Long, Day, Mitchell, all in the 60s. We've got Adam Svensson at 70 to 1. Mark Hubbard at 70 to 1. Alex Smalley with some with some local narratives there at 80 to 1. Johnny Vegas, 80 to 1. Kevin Streelman, I'll kind of pause right there, Byron. Um, any guys you like here that you maybe have bet so far? I've bet. Mark Hubbard and Adam Svensson, but I also want to get to Scott Stallings before. Svenny, I know you've been you've been on Sven for a while, and Hubbard's also been an interesting character lately. But yes, I just pulled up the last twelve rounds of of data, and Scott Stallings is leading the field, I think. And wow, yeah, just in strokes gained total, I think, and he's just been playing fantastic golf. I think he's leading in leading into the event with three top tw- top tens. So he's got some form going on. He doesn't seem to fit the build where it's, you know, a precise, accurate golf course. But if you got form, you know, you never know. And he's all the way down here and, and he's been rattling off top 10. So if you like Scott Stallings, I'd probably lean in that direction. But then Mark Hubbard at, at 70 to 1 over there is just a very peculiar situation because he's one of the top ball strikers in this field as well. He also hasn't played too much golf. So not a lot of people realize that he's, I don't know where he's been, he's probably living in his car some more, but <laughs> he's, he's been doing good stuff. He's ninth in my model, top 20 of the last 24 rounds, strokes gain total coming into the event. He doesn't hit it very far, which allows him to really shine at this venue. He's very accurate yeah. off the tee. And I think, you know, when you guys, when you get guys that have been struggling on the longer courses, when they come to these venues, they know that these are the venues that they need to play while at. And they, I think they probably try a little harder at these courses. And I know we don't like to say that about PGA Tour pros, but I know I've listened to Joel Damon speak about going to venues that he's not a big fan of. And he, if you're not a fan of it, you're not going to play well, typically. So yeah. I'm a big fan of Svensson and Mark Hubbard, who are both very dependent on, I think, the length of a golf course. And they're both hyper-accurate off the tee, really good ball strikers. And Svensson's putting has come along quite remarkably over the last few weeks. So 
yeah, let me know what you think about Svensson. In on, I, it's funny. I've taken both of those guys, Hubbard and Svensson. Nice. Hubbard, I loved early. Um, I was going to be on him. He was part of, uh, he was part of the like I owe you one team that won me a bunch of money in fantasy. So he was like my low end, like three percenter on that roster. Um, he was great here that year. He's got good course history here. He's top five in the model that I ran because his approach numbers have been really solid lately. In this, Byron was going to be like one of those like. I have been on Svensson in a while, basically since the start of like the Florida swing, but it's kind of been an on again, off again thing with me. Like I like him when he's like all is quiet around him and he maybe has a bad performance because he tends to come back. And then it seems like when he gets very popular, he doesn't always perform. So he had a good week last week. I've already heard his name a couple of times brought up in a, in a couple of shows that I listened to this morning. Um, I'm still going to be on him. He was the number one guy in the model that I ran. Now, I think that probably speaks to the flawed nature of me creating models to some degree. But anytime I scroll this far down the list and see uh, a number one next to a guy's name, I'm going to have interest and I'm probably going to place like a FOMO bet on them either way. Then when I saw it was Adam Svensson, I'm like, I have to, I have to be in on this. Yeah. Um, let me read through some of the stats that got him there. So second in par fours, 400 to 450. First in birdie or better gain. Um, he's just really solid across the board. He's good at hitting a lot of fairways. You're right. The putting has gotten better, although from time to time he has like, like Sunday, he was kind of in that thing and he's opened up the first hole with a three putt. Um, from like short distance. So he still has that. I followed him. I had a huge ticket on him at the Honda. I was there. I followed him on Sunday. He struck the absolute piss out of the ball and he missed a couple of like two to three foot putts that were crucial. His best performances have been on shorter golf courses, um, which I think is as he sort of finds his, his groove and his PGA tour career, hopefully it's a long one. I think that that will see that play out over time that, you know, you start to get to 7,400 yards plus, and that's probably not a Svensson track, but you get sub 7,200 and it feels like you're always going to have to mention his name as long as the, as long as he's always getting good, like, 70 80 to 1 betting numbers a good price in DraftKings and he's still proving like his iron play is is of an elite nature uh capability on the PGA Tour. Absolutely dude. And you know all you can hope for for a guy like this who is inside the top 10 in birdie or better percentage in my model too which is a a very important stat this week as well. Yes. And all you can hope for, and I think him and Henley are in a very similar position where you want them to be outside the top 10 going into Sunday, basically. Yeah. Almost, yeah. you know, it doesn't sound right, but go and have yourself a day. Tee off yeah. way earlier than everyone else. Don't have those those butterflies going on. Go crazy. Go post a number just like Spieth did, basically, at the RBC. Come in way early, post a big number or a low number, and, and win the damn thing. So You're right. I like that. Um, I'm going to switch to the 100 to 1 range here, and we'll talk some bombs. Before I do that, um, let's talk Fantasy Golf Pod. My boy Chad Eckert is the host of the Fantasy Golf Pod. He does a ton of like really useful tweets. He, he brought back the thing this week. I think he brought it back where it's like just people from the area, and I, it may not be useful, but I love looking at that. People with North Carolina ties. Um, does the Golf Guys podcast. He's been putting out a ton of good content. He was there on the grounds at the 3M. Shouts to him and Eric and Josh over there. I uh, appreciate them always supporting the show. Uh, Fantasy Golf Pod. Uh, check out and follow their Twitter page. You will have a lot of good stuff. Uh, 101. 
Uh, we're going to like, let's Callum Taron leads it off. Dude's been on fire. I don't know that this is the best course fit. I wouldn't, I would kind of say the same thing about Cameron champ. CT pan is a hundred. Ches Reeve is a hundred. Martin Laird, JJ spawn, Adam Neesmith, Doug Gim. We're starting to get up to the sort of 130 to one range. Um, what do you, do you, you can go off this. You don't have to stick to these guys, but do you have any long shot sort of bombs that you like this week? Yes. I like Brennan Todd. Who's also I'm I'm kind of going on the reverse psychology of what I've told you with the approach thing. He has flashed some nice approach play recently, but not the last three events. Yet he's still finished inside the top forty a few times, even while losing on approach. So this guy, all it needs is a good approach week, mm. and he's just looking sexy. Love to see that from a guy that can putt super super well. He's very accurate off the tee, which is ideal at this venue. Doesn't have the best course history here, but that's okay. You know you can. Hope a guy like that can kind of finally find his form at a venue like this. And then Joel Damon as well. Short hitter, very accurate off the tee, very bad putter, but can definitely spike with the irons. He can go nuclear lately. He's been showing some real spiky weeks with the with the irons there. And he's super accurate off the tee too. So I know what he's number did like you get Damon game. at? I never even pulled the trigger on him because I had I bet quite conservatively. It takes like 10 events for me to lose money on on outright so i i don't yep. load my card up but i think i saw him at like 130 or 125 which is still a pretty pretty long long shot there so if he can just keep the putter in didn't he send gino to go and buy him some secondhand putters from a random golf store yeah. while he was playing in the middle of a tournament <laughs> yeah, he did. what is that guy doing i so hopefully he's got the putter waxed because if he does he's gonna contend so i'm a big fan of of joel um, there's a lot of guys here, man, that I think you can make a case for, particularly at an event like this. The one guy, um, that I took and I didn't get quite this good of a number, but he's 180 to one on DraftKings right now. I th- believe I got 140. Um, so this number is great at DraftKings. Hayden Buckley, um, been just really impressed with the trajectory that he's been on essentially since the U S open where, um, he had a bit of a, a change in, in strategy. And I've talked about this before, and I think it's, um, this, this decade golf system, whether it's, is it like, uh, um, is it like, does it really work or does it not? I think it's one of those things that only matter if you're doing it and seeing good results, then it works Then keep doing it. Will Zalatoris had a monumental shift when he switched to this, I think for young players, Byron, and what it is, is it basically takes a lot of the decision-making out of your hands. Um, so a lot of young players, when they get to the PGA tour, there is so much overloaded information running through their heads with checking the books, with figuring out all these different degrees that it, it can be paralyzing in a sense to their ability to all of a sudden play the game that they've always played. I think this system has really sort of freed him up mentally and he's put together some good results. Um, I was really liked what I saw out of him from like a fairways gained perspective lately. He's been making much more birdies, had a solid, I believe, T20 last week leading in, which I think was a positive sign. Um, a couple of the other ones that I haven't pulled the trigger on, but that I'm considering, one was Andrew Putnam. Four consecutive cuts made. He's extremely accurate off the tee. He's a great putter. Those are the guys that I've said it a bunch of times, just do well here, that find a bunch of fairways and can get a hot putter. I think he had an 11th place finish at the 3M, which was the most recent event. So um, he's a guy that can get hot. Russell Knox, you know, I know the form is questionable, but I can see a lot of these guys turning it around. I like Steven Yeager. I really like him a lot. 
130 to one, I feel like is a fair number, but I watched a lot of him on Sunday and it was troubling how bad he putted. His roadmap to victory is a wild one. It was like, dude, he was way off the fairway. He hit some amazing approach shot and even some of the comebackers that he was making for like par. He was like from 25 feet, leaving himself like a six, seven foot putt to go. And he wasn't even sniffing the hole on a lot of the short ones. I haven't seen a guy putt that terribly. My brother and I were watching. We were like, holy shit, he stinks at putting. I know, but the beauty of golf is he can literally go. What was it? Were they putting on Bermuda last week? I'd never. I can't remember what the. Uh, I, the grass I think was. it was. Uh, it was like a bent poa mix last week. There we go. You just go to a completely different golf course, you know, and then he's going to putt well, maybe. You know, so I love, I love that. And he hit some ridiculously good scramble shots. Like he hit. Yes, he did one over the trees, and those are like massive trees. Yeah. So he the guy's got back, skill. And, like, Things were rocky to start, and a lot of young guys who find themselves in contention on a Sunday, when they get rocky to start, it just spirals for them, and they mentally check out, and all of a sudden they shoot over par, and they go from like fifth to like 30th. Like It's happened to Svensson a lot. Trust me, I've seen it. He actually held strong, which I was very impressed with, and I think still finished either fifth or sixth place. So he kind of came back from that rocky start, which showed a lot of, of fortitude from the young bad. So it was good to see. So I have some interest there as well. Um, anyone else you, you care to mention in this, this bomb range that you, that you like maybe in draft yeah, games scrolling as well? a little bit. Um, I haven't really paid too much attention to the bottom of the board yet, but I think um, Anna Bonley here, he's also an interesting guy. If you kind yeah. of get a player's kind of vibe from him, you know, yeah. you got to make sure that you're in the safe, safe parts of the fairways can get lights out with the putter as well. And if he, if he listens to himself, he can hit the irons that he wants, but sometimes he says he doesn't doesn't pay attention to what he actually wants to do. So it's an interesting situation. And all the way down at the bottom of the board, Jay, you've got all sorts of all sorts of elite ball strikers, elite putters that just cannot do the rest of the game at all. So, you know, if you take a chance on them, you never know. I thought about Anurban as well. It looks like he's missed four out of the last five cuts. So maybe the form has has gone a little bit. But from basically the players to the Wells Fargo. He was awesome. And that stretch yeah. is a lot of Bermuda grass. You have Bermuda at obviously Sawgrass. You have Bermuda at the Heritage. I believe it was Bermuda. No, it was past Palom in Mexico. Um, I'm not sure what it was, but it seemed like he found a lot, a little bit more comfort when it was sort of in this Southeast region of the United States. So good approach player could definitely see that as well. Um, listen, man, that's pretty much it for the betting board. It was awesome to talk to you. Tell everyone where they can sort of find some more of your content that you're going to release this week. Yeah, catch me on Twitter at The Model Maniac. I'm writing for rotoballer.com. I'll be doing my Breaking 100 article tomorrow. It's got, it's basically if your wife's getting mad at you for losing money on golf, you can still lose money, but it's not going to be a lot. If you follow what I'm, you know, kind of preaching over there, you can kind of keep yourself from just going into the pit. And then also I'll be doing a DFS show with uh, PGA splits tomorrow for BetSperts at two o'clock. So I've got my podcast at six and then BetSperts at two. You can catch those both on YouTube and on Twitter. And um, yeah, man, thank you so much for having me on. I thoroughly enjoyed seeing the DM come through and that was, you know, I've been excited since uh, we had a little long wait to get you, but that's okay, man. You had something going on a couple of weeks ago. I definitely wanted to make sure that we circled back to it. Uh, and we certainly did after your long bike ride. I appreciate you for for joining me and always supporting this show. I support you as well. Uh, best of luck this week, Byron. Thanks, buddy. You too. All right. See you, buddy. Bye.
All right. Great dude. Happy to have him on the show. I hope that you guys enjoyed that. Um, those are some of our favorite bets of the week. Let me talk to you real quickly about prize picks. Listen, cleaned up this week. And you know what they got on here now? They got lacrosse on here now. I crushed some lacrosse bets. If you want some inside uh, over-under shot totals on there, I've, I, I got a scoop. I got a system working out really well. The golf stuff is awesome as well. They had both live and PGA Tour stuff up. So um, great stuff by them. PL100 will get you a $100 deposit match uh, on your very first deposit. So use that. They support this show. I support them. I know that I've said that a lot, but I, I want to try to give back to um, the people that have sort of kept this going. I've been through a whole transition period with this show this year. Uh, I've got some new merch stuff out. If you want a shirt, I have this green one. I have the same one in black. I have the sort of podcast shirt. I wanted to sort of, before I put it out there on Twitter, I wanted to uh, really engage the people that follow this show. Send me a DM with your size. I want to get the shirts out to the people who watch the show first. So send me your size. They're 20 bucks. Give me your size, your address. Tell me which shirt you want. I will get that in the mail as soon as possible. It's a great way um, to help support me. Look, I put a lot of work into. I don't. I don't. I don't want this to sound. Um, I want this to sound the wrong way, but I don't want to sell out on this show, right? I've had this idea for so long. This is my baby. I do all the branding, the logos, the producing, the uploading, all of this stuff. So. I want to do my best to keep it mine and keep it free and keep it available to everyone and supporting me in this type of way. If you, if you like the show and have found any sort of value in it, just buy a shirt, happy to send it to you. It helps me. Um, and I greatly appreciate that. I want to get to the final thoughts segment before I kind of get out of here. Um, so I thought a lot about this this week and a lot of it comes back to, to our boy, Tony Finau. Um, Finding fulfillment in the process in your accomplishments along the way to a goal. And I have personally struggled with this. Um, as someone who is an advocate of, of writing down goals and who has very high expectations um, for themselves and lacks patience, it's hard to manage finding fulfillment in certain accomplishments along the way that may not be like the end goal in mind. And it may take you longer than you thought to get there, but I think it's important that to understand that success comes in many different forms. And the journey toward that, you have to be able to find rewards and be content and be fulfilled with those. Like I mentioned, I've struggled with this for a long time and something that I fall short on um, oftentimes find it paralyzing to me to realize that the joy you had in the journey, um, you failed to recognize at the time. Like I mentioned, Tony Finau brought this to mind. Um, so many quote unquote struggles, but so much success along the way was then overlooked. I feel like by us and, and more importantly to him by himself, maybe uh, coming from his situation, growing up with not many avenues to, to be a professional golf player, playing cash games in Vegas, getting noticed on the range by Phil, his rise to all of a sudden being a perennial contender in FedEx Cup championships, in major championship. He played the final round of a major with Tiger Woods, um, winning Ryder Cups, winning President's Cups, often I feel like was overlooked by not only us, but by himself along the way. And he sort of maybe missed a lot of those accomplishments. Um, his, those successes in, in accomplishments are massive. Um, what he was able to do to put himself in those situations 
can't be understated. I think that he'll look back later in life and remember the huge moments for himself uh, that were a part of the journey that probably at the time they were happening felt in some ways like a failure. Um, one of my biggest regrets. So my senior year of high school, I mentioned I, I was betting on some lacrosse. I was huge into lacrosse. Um, I We went to the state championship. I won player of the year for the state of Ohio as an offensive lacrosse player. After the state championship game, they presented me this award on the field after they had just given the other team the state championship trophy. And I, I felt embarrassed at the time. I, I wouldn't even take my helmet off to like accept the award. I felt like people were were laughing at me in a sense that they're giving him a player of the year trophy and he couldn't even lead his team to victory. Um, I, I lost that accomplishment for myself. And it's one of the things that I look back on and I regret a lot because my family was there and was extremely proud of me. I had a lot of family members come into town for that game. And I wish I would have just handled that situation differently. I wish that I would have been able to um, understand that while my end goal may have not been met, there were still extreme accomplishments that I should be extremely proud of along the way. Acknowledge your success at any rate along the journey. This podcast, viewers, listeners, I didn't achieve a lot of the goals that I had for this year on it. When I decided to sort of take the reins, I, I had these grand, grandier goals of how many viewers and downloads that I'm going to get. And a lot of that um, I fell short on. I don't think it was for a lack of work. I put a ton of hard work and effort into like the intros and making it more graphically appealing and just structuring things and doing uh, the absolute best I could. Um, but I fell short on those goals. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't acknowledge a lot of the success uh, that I've had with it. And I want to, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I appreciate the people who are here with me right now who stayed for this segment after all the golf bets just to kind of hear me talk and it's therapeutic for me. Um, I wanted to sort of change up the look of the show a little bit and and just be proud of, of where this has come from. And three years ago, never being on a live show to now sort of hosting it. And no matter if it fell a little bit short of where I was trying to go, taking some a journey, taking some fulfillment, taking some pride in, in what's happened along the way and where we've gotten to to this point. Um, a little lesson that I thought about this week from Tony Finau, from me to you. Um, I'm honored that you would all take the time to listen to me talk golf each week. I appreciate you. I hope that you have a wonderful week. That's my final thoughts. Denny McCarthy is going to win the Wyndham Championship. I'll talk to you all later. Peace out.